Welcome everyone. Welcome to the new session of Software World with John Dost. And this is the place where I invite people to talk about different topics in the software world. And I'm John Dost, your host today. We will talk about cross-cultural communication and its challenges in the engineering teams. It's not specifically engineering teams, but we have the experience with engineering teams. So that's what we are going to talk about. My guest is Felipe and welcome Felipe. I'm glad that you are here with us today. How are you? Hi Jendos. I'm glad. Thanks for the invitation. I'm pretty, pretty good. It's nice. So uh, Felipe versus an engineering manager at Jimdo and Felipe, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Oh, so I'm Felipe, uh, originally from Brazil. I'm working with IT for more than 15 years. So it's a long, long journey. Uh, managing teams for more than seven years. And it's pretty, pretty nice to see how challenging it is to come to a different country like Germany and to be able to manage different cultures. And I think it's a very nice topic that we're going to, we're going to discuss right now. Yeah, this is like, I remember when I first moved to Germany, it was like a totally different experience. And over the, like over the years, I, I, like return to the place where I moved to Germany. And I asked, like, I think, okay, that was the place that I ha I didn't realize even the, the, the cultural differences. So it was always like, a, I don't know, the culture is generally the invisible boundaries, like that's dividing our world, you know? Um, so how was your experience when you moved from Brazil to Germany? It's very funny because, uh... In my first move here, I was living in Berlin and I was presenting my, my company to a German uh, cast that we're checking. And they are very direct. They are really direct in their feedback on the way they, they, they speak. And I remember that the first feedback I received was like, man, your pitch sucks. And that was so embarrassing for me because I was like, well, you could at least be some gentle. You don't have to be so rushed. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Uh, so that was the first. I was like, okay, I'm in a very different place and I need to understand how they behave, how they work, because they're not mean. They're not mean people. It's just how they learn to do. Uh, another funny thing on my, when I moved to Hamburg, I had a, my, my first day in the, in the company here was Happy Car. And I arrived like five minutes late for the meeting. And that's normal in Brazil. It's really normal. And everybody was there and everybody was angry. And everybody was looking to the watch and like, this is totally disrespectful the way you, you act. <laughs> so also very different behavior. So yeah, it, it really depends on where you are. It's, it's yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah. When I moved to Germany at first, it's like a Brazil and Turkey, a bit similar in many different, uh, scales in culture, uh, analysis. And I also felt the same, like. But after five years, now I am punctual in meetings, for example. And I, like, we had a Brazil colleague and he was late to meetings. And I realized that, okay, this needs to be said. And then I said, okay, here in Germany, you are leaving Germany, we start sharp, like at the clock. So we don't run late. So this is like one thing that is mentioned. But it is also at the same time, uh, we are talking about cultures, but this puts us in a stereotypes and there's not, it's something that I also personally try to escape because at the end, every person is unique, but 
still we have stereotypes. Um, and like many like well-intentioned people believe that if they just focus on the personal, like personal ones and don't think about stereotypes that they're gonna think they are gonna succeed, but it's not this way. What do you think about that? Uh, I fully agree with you. And also in this new, new world, new era that we're living, we have a lot of influences. Uh, so when I was, uh, when I was growing up, uh, there was no internet. <laughs> so I had no influence like from States or from German or from East cultures. I, I never saw it. Everything I learned was in school and books. Uh, and now I see that the new generation, they are really having these influences. So to really judge only for the culture, it's not, it's not fair. And of course you can learn. Uh, so my opinion about that is we, we really need to understand the best thing about every single culture uh, and make use of that in our favor. So what we, like what a Brazilian can bring good to the table and what an American can bring good to the table, what are our strengths? And then we can work on that and make something mix it. So I do not like to judge only for the culture, but of course you are influenced and you need to take in consideration before you say something. Yeah, true. But also like, yeah, everyone has the culture there, like they're inside. So, and it's not something that you can put. So in my opinion, you cannot say that someone's coming from Brazil, but you cannot say that they have the Brazilian stereotype because for example, you came from Brazil, but you are living in Germany. It means that you have the German influence already. So I am Turkish and I have this German influence in my blood. As we talked, like we said, in the beginning, like I said, now I am punctual. I have my German blood, you know, it is, it's inside us. And also the cultures are relative. So people think that, for example, um, if you compare the British people and Germans, Germans are more punctual and they will be all like on time. But if you compare the British with friends, then like British people are more punctual. So that these things are coming. Like it's really uh, differs from country to country, but it's also relative. So you cannot really say that they are punctual, they are not. Um, but I want to talk about more about the communication. So there are two ends of communication. And I want to state in the beginning that we will talk about the ideas more in this book, this culture map from Aaron Meyer. And I recommend everyone to read, definitely read this book. And what we are going to talk about the categories and the scales that is written in this book. And that's how we are going to uh, shape this talk, actually. And first scale is uh, communication. And I want to ask your experience. When you moved into Germany, uh, that, that communication level is different. Uh, so what was your experience? Like, where did you think that, okay, this is way different than what I got used to? I can really say, uh, starting at Jimdo, where we work together, and our team is, uh, was, when I first started, was very multicultural. So we had people from Netherlands, we had people from Germany, you from Turkey, Brazilians. Um, and it was a shock for me because uh, my first, like my first month managing the team, I, I did the one-to-ones and I asked everyone and each one of our team members, like, what is our expectations about Jimdo and where you think Jimdo are right now? And I got very different answers. And I had never read this book before and you suggested me. And after reading this book, I understood that the answers was the same. <laughs> they were just said in different ways. 
so it's really like uh, as we're saying communication brazilians we we do not talk directly so if i'm pissed on you or if i'm angry or if i do not agree with what you are talking about i'm going to try to make this the most kind as possible and you need to figure out that i'm not happy so it's like when we're having a discussion i'm saying yeah it's nothing yeah i don't think that's the right way but never very directly uh so that was my first experience, like having people saying, yeah, this right now is not working at all. And people saying, this is working very well, but it's not. Or this could be better in just a little bit things. And no, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> so my, my first impression was really like, oh my God, how can I make everybody talk the same language? How can I, I make people understand each other? And I think you can say about this too, because you saw some conflicts inside the team happening because of that, because you have someone saying one thing, other person saying the same thing in different languages and they were fighting. Uh, and they were fighting for the same thing. They were just not connecting. So I think you can also bring some ideas to that. Yeah, that's true. Um, where you are coming from is actually like a high context. As you said, you say something, now I need to figure out. So this is called high context culture communication. And there's also at the, on the one side, there's a low context culture communication. Uh, low context communication and it is more like an americans are for example a good example of low context i think they are at the end so in in one side also we had and in the team like more i think the dutch people or germans a bit low context cultures and in this low context basically how we approach the communication is you tell them what you're going to tell them in the, in the beginning and then you tell this to them and then at the end you just tell them what you have told them. So it's like a one, two, three steps. You're talking about the same thing. And that was my also experience. I got annoyed a bit. Like, why are you stating the obvious, you know? It's like, why? I mean, we got it. Okay, you said four times. It's also okay. And yeah, so these two ends. And now um, we have one question. So like, this is a good question, actually. What key skills besides language that you both picked when moving countries? So it's also related to that one. But before moving on to the next topic, I want to answer that question, actually. It's, it's really, I think communication is the most, the strongest one that you need to, to, to understand. But I will also say a little bit about cultural, like on the sense of historical culture, uh, how the facts influence people. Like that's also something you need to understand because sometimes you have like, you do not understand that you are being rude. You do not understand that you are being mean in things you say or some jokes you are saying that for you is very common, for you is very normal. But for some people, this might be very, very, very bad. So to really understand the concept and the scenario and where the people were like injected and how they react, it's also something very, very important. And bring it to you again, like to this low context versus high context. Uh, that's really interesting. That's really interesting and hard to understand. So when you are managing, let's say, I want the team to build something for me, or I want the team to understand the importance of a project. If I'm talking to you or to a Brazilian, and again, not stereotyping, but if I'm talking to someone in a high context, you can understand this very easy. Uh, if I say, let's go and let's, I don't know, Let's travel to Turkey. You know that we're going to probably get a, an airplane and we're going to get a ticket and we're going to go there. If I talk to a German and say, let's go to Turkey, they might come here in my place with a bicycle. 
and say, okay, let's go. And I'm like, what, what are you doing with this bicycle? Yeah, don't tell me that we need to get a plane ticket or something. So that, that, that's the low context. You need to be very exact on the feedback. Uh, or again, like if we're providing something that you do not like on the communication, not on the feedback yet, but you're not being direct, they do not understand. They really think you are not making a complaint or anything. So that's really, really, really tough. And uh, probably you also have this on the other side, like when people from Brazilians are providing you something or having communication with you, very different than a German having a communication yeah. with you when they expect. Yeah, I think that, that I have one question, not to you, but for people who are watching or listening to us, that what do you think when the most communication problems occur, like in between, so between low context culture or high context culture, like two people, imagine two people, in which part that the most problems are occurred? Because I had those problems and I want to ask people to think about it first. It is, it's a tricky question because so I just want to give like three seconds so they can think in which side do the, 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 the problems occur most. Okay, so I had this problem with a Brazilian guy. So we both come from high context cultures. It is the place there where the most problems occur. We had a conflict because we both talk in a uh, broader way. So we talk, we communicate in a high context. We say, okay, we always we both say we go to Turkey, but we, what we mean by, for example, he wants to go by train, but he never mentions, and I want to go by plane. Then you have the problem, you know. And this is the place where the most problems occur. And I'm curious about. Have you been in one of those? So did you experience one of these kind of cultural conflicts in the communication? Yes, yes, a lot. And that's funny because the most conflicts I have is with Brazilians that are the same as me. <laughs> and this, this high context is, as they're saying, it's very hard uh, because sometimes they are saying, yeah, I understood what you want, but they don't. Uh, or they do understand like something completely different and the results not what we were expecting to be uh and that's also something that when you go for a low context is important although like the feeling when a low context comes to you and say yeah you need to do this 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 and that and now i'm going to write you an email explaining what i just say, said to you and you're like okay i'm not as stupid so you just got angry but in the end the results to what you were expecting um i i had this issue this issue um uh, back in my my previous company that i said to the, the team like yeah we have this deadline and we need to fulfill this deadline we need to achieve it and they did achieve it but with the wrong deliverable like it was a totally different software that i was expecting you to, to have <laughs> and i was like guys it's impossible do you not understand what we should like work on like yeah we did you spoke about this project at this date i was like no there's a different discussion so these kind of things, mm -hmm. as you're right, like when you are both high context, we think you understood, but we didn't, and we do not confirm, and then things go wrong. Uh, so all my problems are really there. Yeah, my my experience or the key point is that at least like what I discovered on the way is that you cannot not communicate. So it is not an option. So doesn't matter where you are coming from. It is the one thing that we have to do. We have to communicate. There is no other way. And what I also found out in like mostly uh, mostly uh, mixed cultural teams, uh, 
is that the low context communication works better. Um, so when you explain everything to everyone, you don't only uh, talk with the low context uh, people, but also you close the gap between two different high context cultures because you explain to both of them. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's annoying. I understand because I'm also from one of the high context cultures, but it is the way it is. So we cannot not communicate actually. <laughs> It's not an option. Yeah, and, and there's one thing also that I just remembered that's very interesting. Um, I work at before working with like these this startups and these innovation mm -hmm. words. I work my whole life as a consultant. Uh, and back in Brazil, uh, it's very common after a meeting with your partner or with a company, a client or someone that you're offering your services. After every single meeting, you prepare a document with what you speak there. And these documents need to be signed for both sides. And that's normal. That's business there. And in my first work here in Germany, I did that to a German client. He said, man, are you crazy? We just spoke about that. Why I have to sign a document saying exactly what we spoke? And that's also about low context. Like the information is so clear during the meeting. You do not need to sign anything. It's clear. It was taught. But I was used to that in Brazil because we are both high context. Yeah. So I need to make sure that what I'm telling you, what I'm going to do is what I'm going to deliver to you. And then uh, that's also something funny, like some, some yeah, some, yeah. This is one of the one of the scales like related to like trusting. So in the book, there's also trusting scale is like at one side is the task based cultures and the relationship based cultures. And I believe in this case, um, so in, for example, in Germans are more in Germany, people are more task based trust so they what they are doing is basically you give them a job or they give you a job and you do the job and if you are doing the job very well then they trust you they trust you with your work but in relationship based cultures is that it's not like that so you need to build this personal relationship with a person then they can trust you it is not related with the uh it's not related with the task at all anything and Turkey is in the middle a bit, I would say, more leaned into the relationship-based culture. And I assume that you have this in the relationship-based culture because you need to kind of document it, I assume, but I'm not sure. Um, so also, like, in this case, Felipe, how do you trust people then, like, in, in your own culture and when you compare it here? Uh, in, in this particular example, like it's not a lot about trust. It's more about making sure that the understanding is right. Because uh, if you offer some service and it's like the contract that the Germans like or any country you have to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. But you also create some, some artifacts that people need to understand what you are doing. Uh, so it's not really about trust. It's more about making sure that both are understanding the, the topic. And the, why this was like created is because we had a lot of issues in the past <laughs> for this communication. But replying to trust, it's really, that's also very interesting. Uh, in Brazil, we say that the only way for you to, to create a connection with a customer or with your colleague at work is to go out, drink, and got drunk, and then speak bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it sounds very unprofessional when you talk with Germans about this. Germans, they do not have this relation, like no. after work, yeah. or you could not never give your cell phone to your colleague because he's yeah. your colleague. In Brazil, they call you at midnight. Yeah, same, it's okay, yeah. 
So uh, the distrust is really like on the, on the personal level. If I work with someone, I need to have like lunch or to spend time knowing about their family, knowing about their issues, knowing about their life. Uh, and that's also very different. People like from this uh, low context are more reserved. So you do not know a lot about them. Yeah, one experience I had like, I don't know, two weeks ago or so, uh, or maybe a couple of weeks more. And we have one German colleague and when I, so I'm doing these talks every, every Tuesday and every Tuesday I, I, like I told the team that I'm doing this and he asked me, uh, how do you find people to invite? And I said, I have a lot of friends. And he said, really? He, I, he said, I don't have any friends like that that I can talk in engineering terms, you know. And I and I thought about it afterwards, and I said, okay, I built these relationships within years. They are my friends. So whoever I invited here, I consider as a friend, not something like a colleague only, you know. But in like the task-based cultures, it's basically a colleague, and that's that was really hard when I moved to Germany because. As an expat, you you want to meet with new people. And in Germany, it's freaking hard because they consider you as a colleague, not a friend. And you want to go out, like get to know them, make some new friendships and etc. But it is not really possible. So, and in Hamburg, it is way harder than Berlin, for example, in Germany. Hamburg, yeah. Berlin is more international. Well, how was your experience like when you moved in then? I will just come back one before that's funnier. Sure. So when I was I was 20 years old, I moved to States for a project. So I stayed like more than eight months working there. And in our first day, uh, we are four Brazilians. And our first day at the company, they said, yeah, you should come like at eight in the morning. We start working. Midday, we go to lunch. And 5 p.m., everybody go home. It was our first day. Our first day. <laughs> And nobody invited us for lunch. Like they just stand up, go lunch for themselves, and have, no one said, "Hey, do you want to have lunch with me?" And that's so impolite for Brazilians. Like it's so impolite. And we're like, "Man, we're totally in the wrong place." <laughs> it's so weird. That was the first one that was a shock for me. And the second one, I I was talking to one colleague, and like this, we worked together for more than six months. So I thought we had a personal relation. And I told him, man, my dream was really to go like to a, a Thanksgiving dinner, uh, so I can sit with a real American family and have Thanksgiving yeah. in their place. And if you say that, probably in Turkey is the same. But if you say that to a Brazilian, gonna say, man, come, come yeah, with me, go exactly. to my place. He turned to me and said, yeah, that's gonna be very hard. I just left. <laughs> I'm like, man, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> So this is, is really, again, it, it's cultural. So you do not have this, this real personal bond. Yeah. It's work. And after work, it's done. And German was the same. Yeah. German was really the same. Like when, when I first arrived, and Berlin, of course, is different because yeah. you have more, as you said, people are more used to that. But in Hamburg, like the, the people who work with me, I was lucky because I had a lot of Brazilians in the mm -hmm. company. So it's not so, so hard, let's say, to have some uh, after work. But the non-Brazilians, the Germans, they're really like, okay, bye, see you tomorrow. Nobody invite me to, I mean, to visit the city or show me anything. They're really like, yeah, go by yourself. You can, you can go to these places, and that's what I recommend to you. But again, it's how they behave. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not something that 
is blaming. It is more like it is, it's the culture. So it's totally different. And being aware of these things, like and the creating the awareness and also like uh, maybe changing the expectations is the key here because trust you need we need to build trust and because it's an instant insurance basically so it's an investment we make for the future because you never know when you when you're going to need to trust it's it's literally an insurance and either it's a task-based culture or relationship-based culture it's it doesn't matter so we we need to build those things yeah we need to find a way because yeah. we are saying of course because both of us we are in this this the same cultural side but for the other people it's also embarrassing i can imagine like how embarrassed these americans got when i said i would love to go to your place to have dinner that's yeah. so impolite it's so impolite and i did that so yeah. the, the other part also should understand like that where we are coming from and then we we got this this, this you know yeah brazilians they are very interested so they really try to to enter a place or uh, and to understand where we are it's very important and this 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 trust building we need to see like the whole team and how we can make it easier for everyone yeah this brings me to like a, the point of so giving feedback so it's it's really critical but when we face those situations we need to be able to give the feedback and to make the communication and also the relationship easier to understand each other better and this is one thing i also struggled in the beginning because in turkey it's totally different from germany of course and in the giving feedback there are two kinds of feedback actually uh, so one is the indirect feedback that you give indirect negative feedback and the other one is direct negative feedback and one thing is really clear that everyone wants the constructive criticism so in all cultures everyone agrees to give the constructive criticism but what is considered as a constructive is different for cultures so for example um that's a one good example in the book it says that dutch people can give feedback to their boss like maybe ceo directly in an open group like with I don't know with a all hands meeting with 200 people are joining they can just say no you don't you are wrong you need to make this like this etc but try this in japan so <laughs> then you will see a lot of problems uh well did you experience like a, something like this like giving feedback i'm sure you you did but can you can you tell us about a bit your experience yeah actually actually yes and and i would say that brazil we are kind of close to japan on this because it's not normal to give feedback to your boss in front of everyone. It's very, it's also considered impolite. And, and if you do that, your boss is gonna be really angry with you. And the, the team members are gonna be like, oh my God, what this person is doing? Like, he's nuts. Uh, so for me, it was also a shock because as you were saying, like uh, in Jimdo, it's very, the feedback culture in Jimdo, it's very open, so it's nice. But in the first place, to receive this feedback, like what you are doing is wrong, you should improve this, you should improve that, uh, is something that I never had. I never had this. So back in Brazil, what, uh, what I used to say was the law, even if I was wrong. Nobody would come to me and say, hey, I think you should do this different, or I think you should do that different. As a boss, when, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And when we fail, it's on me. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. but he asked me to do that. 
I was like, okay, but if you knew that this is going to not work, why you didn't say me? Yeah, because you are my boss. So if you are saying that, then you should go there. That's the point. And coming to Germany is very, to receive the feedback, something that I, I think it's very different and very good. To give feedback, actually, this book helped me a lot, a lot. Because I realized that after reading it, uh, I prepare every single feedback for the specific culture. And then it makes sense. So as you are saying, like Americans, they like to receive good feedback in the beginning, and then you can criticize. Uh, Brazilians, they need to go very good, like the whole path. <laughs> Even when they're giving bad feedback, you need to do it in a good way. Like maybe next time you should do this better when they're really saying, yeah, this is terrible, never do that again. And the Brazilian will understand you that you are saying that. Uh, for Dutch people, you need to be very strong. Like this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. They don't have this need to, to hear that they are very good because they know what they are being good or not. And so you really need to prepare yourself, understand who you are talking to before you proceed. The real challenge is big groups, how you can make this work in big groups. And that's something we are still struggling. I mean, we, we are working together on this, but it's, it's something we need to figure out how to do. So also one side of the feedback is that, that that's one thing I found uh, interesting is sometimes you don't mention bad things, right? So you just say, you just say the good and you don't say the bad part. You just leave it there. So you say, okay, these, these, these were really good and then stop. And the, some people like in, in uh, indirect negative feedback culture, they will understand that they did those ones really good, but when we don't mention those ones, they will understand that, ah, okay, these parts that, for example, John Doe didn't mention, so that means that I didn't do a good job there. This is very different in my culture because also we have the boss say something, then you go and you don't give feedback directly to your boss. And also related to that one is, um, the cultures use some different words and like upgrader words uh, or downgrader words. Uh, for example, in um, I think in direct negative feedback culture, like in um, Americans, for example, they use more upgraders. So it's like saying, oh, it's amazing. Everything is a bit uh, exaggerated, let's say. Uh, not exaggeration, but it's more upgrading. So whatever they say, they upgrade it. And in, indirect negative feedback cultures, it is more like a downgrader. So it's like, yeah, this one is a bit, you need to maybe work on it, you know? But you know that it is absolutely wrong. Like they need to change 100%, but you don't say it. This is, I try to pick some some words, like when I try to listen the feedback, not to give at the same time, but also listen, I pick those words. So. Do you know, like, for example, in your culture, how do you approach these things? Or, and also you work with Americans as well. So how was this different for you? Yeah, as, as you said, as you said, and, and to, to receive the feedback, it's like you really need to understand. And I had a very bad experiences with my, my American bosses before reading this book and understand that why they're doing that. Because again, like as you are saying, they use very this what you are doing is amazing this what you are doing is incredible you are an essential person for this team you are not gonna get, have a salary raise this year 
So why? If I'm doing everything good, if I'm an amazing person, if I'm the best in the department, why am I not going to have a salary raise? And that's the way they do feedback, like you are doing a good job. I think I heard in one podcast that they call it a shit sandwich. I don't know whose term is it in the American feedback, but it's a quite funny term for me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you were like, well, okay, so what I did wrong? People <laughs> are saying that I just did the good thing. Like, where's the problem? Why am I not going to get something? Uh, and in Brazil, it's very different. In Brazil, like we, as it's everything under the line. So you need to pick up the feedback. But but when something really bad happens, then we are very direct. So we we, we don't measure words. Um, there was a guy, a guy who worked with Third Agindo, and he said like, yeah, I miss Brazil because in Brazil you punch the table and you fight a lot during the meeting, and then everybody go out and have a beer in the end of the day. Uh, so so that's also true there. When things are really really bad, we are very direct. So we don't measure words. And just bringing to this feedback thing too, one thing that's important, uh, English is not my mother language, not neither yours. Yeah. So to give or to receive feedback in a language that's not your mother tongue, it's very hard to, because sometimes you are getting some words that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, or you are trying to find the word before find the message, and that makes very confusing the way of providing feedback. And I know that for, the, I mean, with the Brazilians in the team, it's easier for me. So when I yeah. go and say in Portuguese, they understand better than sometimes the Germans when I have to translate and they have to translate. And then we got this communication problems in the middle. So that's also interesting. Yeah. So this, like when you said when Brazilians are angry, they will just punch the table. It it reminds me the disagreeing part as well because that's that's totally different because you can be in a um, indirect negative feedback side, so you you cannot give this feedback properly. Not say not properly, but you give it indirectly. But you can be very confrontational, so you can say no, that is wrong and. At, at that point, I think there are like more cultures like this, but uh, the disagreeing side is a bit more tricky. Like this is where the, everything is mixed up actually. So why being aware of these kind of differences are good because you, we can separate at the end is disagreeing. For example, in Brazil, it's an indirect feedback culture, but you are confrontational culture. You are, you grow up in that culture when there's something wrong, you say it, but at the end, not in the middle. And it's also different. And so the case is in disagreeing part is separating someone's from separating someone's opinions from the person expressing the opinion. So it's like if we can separate those opinions with person, then it is like more confrontational, I would say. And on the other hand, when groups are working in harmony, in like reading the air, mostly trying to understand, they avoid the they avoid the confrontation. So it means more as a whole team gathering, like doing something. And so, how do you think we can effectively manage this disagreeing in multicultural teams? What do you think? Do you have an experience? Yeah, and this is very hard. This is actually very hard. Uh, I had a case like where 
I was talking with was a, a guy from Armenia and the German manager, and that was in the middle. <laughs> and basically, the, the Armenian guy was saying, "Yeah, I I think that's the best solution that we need to go because A, B, C." And the German was saying, "No, I do not agree." And he was saying, "Okay, so why you do not agree?" Yeah, I do not agree because you didn't prove me right. You need, I need more evidence. And he was like, so you need to give me evidence that what I'm telling you doesn't work. And the German was like, no, you need to give me more evidence that works. And I was like, oh my God, how? <laughs> so it's really like this kind of conflict. And then it becomes personal. Like, yeah, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, this guy's an asshole. And it's not. We're just trying to give the same explanation, but you are not being able to manage some solution. Uh, I, I think the most important part on this one is to have a close manager that we need to pay attention to the small details. Because as you said, to become personal, it's very easy. So you need to really pay attention on Slack messages if you're using Slack or any communication software. You need to pay attention on the meetings. If there are anything that, I don't know, one person say and the other one do not take very right. And you know that he's angry, but he's not going to say. So things like that, the manager needs to pay attention in the moment until we can be able to build some team that has this trust that they can speak openly. But it's a very, very hard challenge, specifically in this remote world where we are looking we are looking at each other through the computer. So when we are in a meeting, we really need to be paying attention and people reaction. Uh, as a manager, it's a very huge challenge. So yeah, I don't know how you are, you are experienced on that, but mine, like I can say a lot of conflicts that I, I was able to avoid <laughs> just looking to the camera and yeah. making the communication after the meeting on offline environment. Yeah, one trick, one trick generally is um, what I found other people are using is basically putting a bit like a touch of humor into the into the talk. And sometimes it works when you say, let me play devil's advocate. Like you're saying basically opening the line saying, okay, I'm not being an asshole, but I just want to say that I want to play the devil's advocate to make this conversation better. This one, I saw it's it's working in like in mixed cultures. And also, as you said, as a manager, you need to keep the emotions in, 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 in the uh, equation. So you need to keep focusing on small details, small emotions, maybe um, the gestures on the face, on the camera, some they are doing. It's, it's freaking hard in the remote setup because the, you don't really understand how, how their face is doing. Sometimes their com camera is closed, for example, so you cannot really see how they do it. But yeah, sometimes you need to understand and it is, it is very, very hard. Yeah. And <clears throat> sorry, and, uh, but so, okay, I wanna go with the deciding part because deciding is another tricky thing while managing the teams, there are two sides of the deciding scale. One is consensual, basically you get, like you do it everything to get everyone together, and uh, like to convince everyone and etc. And another one is top-down approach. So someone, boss comes in, says, okay, um, we're gonna do this and everyone goes with that. Um, since you made the change from top-down culture, like as you said, there's a decision from the boss and then everyone goes with it. Um, so consensual, more Germany. Um, uh, what was your experience when when deciding? Because 
you are the manager you make the decision in personal you need to change yourself to be to adapt to german culture let's say how was your experience where where, where was the really really uh, hard part everything <laughs> everything to be honest everything uh at, not at jim though because agenda was here from longer long time so it was not so 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 hard to be part but in the first place when i come from brazil like my last company everything i used to say as i told you people used to do so it was the only and final word although i was open so uh, of course i brought everyone to the room and i said hey give me ideas or prove me wrong let's have a discussion and we had these conversations and of course i changed my mind i was not a dictator but the final decision was mine i was able to come to the team and say hey team i'm gonna do this i know that's the best way but right now we need to do this way uh and then i come to germany i was trying to do these things and the answer was no we are not gonna do it <laughs> if we do not believe in that we're not gonna do it and i was like oh my god but back in brazil if you try to do this thing everybody including myself would be fired you because you're not doing me because i'm a bad manager so if i can't convince my team that we need to go for this direction so i, I suck as a manager uh, and that's the brazilian way of, of seeing so that was my first struggling part how can i convince people that uh what i'm trying to show or why i'm trying to show is the right way to do uh, but it's a skill that you can learn so of course you just need to show it like the benefits and and show the big picture on the end at Gino, the struggling really is the mood culture because just this example if you go for uh for a german you really need to bring data you need me to bring like to show why the project's gonna work where we are trying to go what are all the steps you need to make a very big plan and then they are gonna buy and they are gonna join you for a brazilian this is like a waste of time so while you are working on the german way the brazilians are pissed and they're saying guys we need to move we need to go we need to go i'm angry i'm angry and then they make so much noise in the team that the germans start getting pissed and then you just have conflict so the challenge is how can we go in the midterm and sometimes you need to give some top-down decisions in this yeah. environment although it's like it's very open and negotiable consensus at some specific moments you need to say we are going to do this so you can make these people busy and you can have a planning through that people and when you create the perfect mixed team that's what mm -hmm. i'm trying to do right now for example everybody's happy because everybody's working seeing things moving uh, so we need, of course, you need to open a little bit sometimes. That's the management work. You need to see how you can flexibilize things. I don't know if this word exists, but you need to make flexible, like how to. Yeah. How to do it. Um, to to uh, make one thing clear that there are some comments, but um, the top-down decisions are so. There is a decision point in both styles, so it's totally different. And in consensual uh, decisions, basically, you, it takes a lot of time. You talk with everyone, you get everyone on board. But once the decision is made, it's done. So like, there is no more discussion. You go to the implementation phase. But in top-down decisions, decisions are made quickly, generally by one person. But each decision is flexible. So there is a decision point really early on but they use start challenging the decisions later on and there is no right or perfect way so in every um, workplace let's say every company 
every culture has their own way and they go with either top-down or consensual. So there is no only one way for to, to have the better, perfect company. But one thing is suggested in the book is the strategy for multicultural teams is basically explicitly discussing and agreeing and in the first place, which decision method, which decision-making method you are gonna use in this collaboration. So for example, if you say in the beginning, okay, people, okay, folks, gather up. We are, from now on, we are using consensual decision-making and we, we know it will take more time, but once we make the decision, we will not change it really afterwards or the other way around. So this strategy is suggested in book and I saw with my eyes that is working. <laughs> in, yeah. yeah, in, in uh, Jimdo, in, in my current job, in, it's, I saw it, it's working, it's magic. Because when you say people say, that, okay, this is what we are gonna do and everyone agrees, it's working. If you don't talk about it at all, then it's a mess, completely. Yeah, yeah. And, and also it's very important to say that uh, we live a modern economy and before the manager, he was the most experienced person in that specific subject. That's why top down decisions were made because I was working, let's, let's get Jindo for example. I would be working for 12 years at Jindo, I would know everything that Jindo was doing and my decision would be more efficient than yours because the business is very specific. Yeah. Right now, that's not the truth. Right now, my job is to make sure that you as a great engineer and better engineer than me, because you have more, you are more there, you are studying more, you have more information than I do. My work is to make your work easier. So we have different kind of work. So this decision, of course, they need to be in the team, but, but the strategical vision, where we are going, where we have to go, this needs to be on the management. Because the team, I mean, of course the team can influence on that, but yeah. I need to bring you data to show guys, that's what folks, that's what we have to do. That's what we need to think. Give me solutions to achieve this point. Uh, that, that's where the, the top down versus consensus are mixed. If you, we work at gym, if you come to me and say, hey, right now I wanna start building, I don't know, uh, wood, or I wanna start building, something on uh, Netflix, uh, that's not Jimdo. That's a different company. So you can't do that. You need to focus on this. That's where the top-down decisions come. I need to give you the vision. You need to give me how. So, and if you play the roles, if you agree how it's gonna go, then the team can decide. And just to bring your other thing to you, that's also important to discuss. It's very hard to get a consensus in very huge teams. Yeah. That's why you need to have smaller. Because if you go like 20 people trying to decide something, it's not gonna work. It's just imagine like a family trip with all your family and cousins and uncles trying to decide where we're gonna go or where we're gonna eat. It's impossible. I mean, it doesn't matter a trip. We cannot make a decision to go to a restaurant. Even it's like at what time, which day? I don't know. Like, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, this oh, now it now it reminds me the time thingy, but. <laughs> Yeah, with, with teams, it is it is very, very different. But yeah, be like a communicate. As I said in the beginning, you cannot not communicate. So it's not an option. You have to say, you have to talk about this. You have to agree upon like saying that, okay, this is what we are going to do. And I totally agree with you that some strategic decision has to come from top down, even though 
I like things going bottom up generally. Um, there, there has to be a middle middle line, I, I would say. We are coming to end slowly, but one thing I want to talk, we slowly mentioned in the beginning is the time flexibility between different cultures. Um, so like we talked about saying that you were like a, being five minutes late uh, to the meeting and people were really angry. Um, so why I want to talk about this time is because that's what I had experienced as a per as like when I moved here, Germans are really punctual, like all trains are, I don't know, the train is leaving at 13.03, you know, if you are in the uh, in there 1304 then you miss your train that's it's like one minute and you miss um but it's more about the perception and what i what i want to talk about this is the um uh, in punctual cultures it's called linear time cultures um they are okay let's say from the like flexible cultures are more the the relationships are more priority inflexible cultures because when you put the relationship in front of the clock basically that means that the clock can be flexible not your relationship and this was really mixed for me and i i you slowly mentioned but i want to close with this one a bit more and how was your experience like when you moved to germany from like you said in the in the in America, you had some experience, but how was it in Germany, like in daily life as well and meeting? Yeah, like you really need to, to see, as you said, like it's important to understand that it's not only about time. So it's not only about like being on time or respecting time. These are the said, the train goes at the time and the traffic is not so intense. Your, your life, Germans like, or Europeans in general, their life is very on time because things work. If you go to Brazil, if you go to Sao Paulo, uh, I used to live like five kilometers from my office, my apartment to my office. And some days took me three hours to get to the office, five kilometers. And I couldn't go by foot or by public transportation or by bicycle because I would die. Like it's basically crazy. It's, I know what the you traffic mean. is insane. So that's how i was raised and, and in my school when i was young i had three opportunities to join the class i could join like 10 minutes late nothing would happen 30 minutes late i lost the first class and i could join the second and one hour late my father would got like a note that i was totally late so that's how i was raised so for me to get late like five minutes 10 minutes is not disrespectful at all and this changed when i come to germany because things work so if you have a meeting at eight, you can wake up like at seven, take a shower and go. And you are going to be there at eight. You can plan yourself very easily. In Brazil, if you need to get at eight, you need to see first where you're going, the traffic conditions, and probably you need to wake up like at five and be there at seven. So you need to stay one hour waiting. We are used to that. That was my biggest like conflict, internally conflict, because I'm okay. So I'm, I never apologize for like, getting late in a meeting until you understand that really make people angry <laughs> and also the second part is the end of the meeting because uh here like it's the meeting is, is scheduled to end at four at four people leave in brazil yeah. if it's center at four and we need to postpone or we need to keep talking we go until the end we don't care 
to get time from the other meeting. That was also a very challengeable thing for me, like how I can, how I can respect. Uh, and I learned now, as you said, like I feel I'm much more German than, than Brazilian on this time part. So if we have an agreement, I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very, it was very difficult for me, like to, to, to not relate these, like just tell people, Hey, I'm Brazilian. That's why I'm doing that. <laughs> Sometimes it's like uh, I, I try to use that one as an excuse of some things. Like I said, I'm Turkish, so who, who cares? But <laughs> it's rarely worked, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah also like with the times. Uh, so I'm considering like Turkey. Um, sometimes we don't even have a time. So like people say, yeah, let's meet after lunch. I mean, what time is lunch? You never know. It's like, it's is it like 12 or is it one but you somehow at the end agree on some points most some people are late but i was always feeling weird in turkey because i was most of the time i was on time there even though the infrastructure was different and that was my case or experience in istanbul as well i was exactly living five kilometers away from my work but yeah i i tried walking once by the way Yeah, it, it was, there was like a freaking traffic and I said, okay, now I'm going to walk. I'm going to try. It worked, but I was not expecting that it's going to work. But yeah. So, okay, we are coming to an end. I want to ask like, uh, or the summarize the strategies we talked about for multicultural or mixed culture teams. Um, so you want to go? What, what are your general strategies for mixed culture teams? Uh, the, right now, again, Uh, and that's very, also a very funny thing because I did a lot of this strategical before not knowing. Uh, and I wasn't aware that why things were working it was just kind of intuition. Uh, but right now with this, this concept and the book, first thing is understand which people are on my team. So trying to figure out which, where they come from, what are the influences. And as we did on our, on our workshop, it's not only like I was born uh, you. You are a Turkish guy, but you live in Germany. So you have these both cultures. You really need to understand like all of the influences that they had. First thing, note and see where they come from. Second thing, one-to-one -one with every single one of the team members to really see if what I'm thinking about the culture is right. And we can extract that on a one-to-one -one conversation. We can make some questions that are going to force people to talk. Uh, and then you can map. And third one, like to create a strategy, talk to everyone and make sure that everyone agrees with this strategy. And then we need to interact. That's the most important part. It's not because we are saying that's the way we're going to go, that we need to keep going this direction all the time. We need to see if it's working. We need to see if someone is not feeling so comfortable and then we need to change or adapt. Um, that, that's, my, that's the way I'm working. So I need to understand the best way for everyone and explain if something is different or they need to adapt, why, and what's the big picture for, for the, the team. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna like take a look at my notes and just say that if, if you're in multicultural teams, then you, as suggested in the book, then just go with, for example, low context processes, not the communication, but make your processes as low context as possible. So, then you will not waste any problems. And also like put it into writing. So when I realized also in my experiences, whenever we talked, we forgot. 
whenever we wrote, then we had a thing that we can always refer to. And also like having a clear discussion about how you schedule the team meetings, for example, saying that, okay, we, the team meeting is at 10, but we start sharp, like at 10. So we don't wait people. Then have this clear in the beginning, then afterwards it's a bit shapes around the team culture. That's also okay. So you wait people for a couple minutes. Uh, that's also okay. And for disagreeing, like playing devil's advocate is always, it seems like it's always working. I tried this and we tried at work in from different groups and I, I think it's working. And describe what you are doing and why this is especially important is one other good strategy, I would say. And basically at the end, I would say being mindful, like what we talked about, I don't know how many topics, like five, six, uh, different topics and being mindful about those things already is a step forward of doing these things. And as you said, like, don't assume each person is a stereotype and don't say, or don't assume that each person is unique. They have similarities, they have differences. Yes. Okay, Felipe, I think we are at the end. Um, do you have anything else to add? No, just like very, very nice conversation. I think that it's for, for people who are watching, they should read this book. Yeah. And I'm becoming that old lady that I always recommend books to the students, you know, that old teacher that read this book. But this <laughs> one is really nice and it's completely mind blowing. And I recommend it to some engineering managers at Jimdo when they are all reading and they are also, it's nice now to have these discussions uh, when we are discussing and they are saying, yeah, it's uh, you are low context, I'm high context, I'm behaving like German, I'm behaving like Brazilian. So we are able to, 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 to connect on this. So I think it's a very nice one to read and to understand. As we're saying, other people, they are not mean. It's just the way they were raised. It's just yeah. the way they learn how to do things. So I would say that that's my, my advice for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So people who are watching or listening to us, the culture map from Erin Meyer is the book that we talked about most of the time. And I also recommend this to everyone, literally everyone. It doesn't matter you are in an engineering team or in any other team. If you are working with people in international level from different cultures, or if you want to work with people from different cultures, you have to read. This is a mind-blowing book that is like, I think I've read it two times, but I'm gonna keep reading it again and again. And I think, yeah, everyone should read this book. I cannot say more. Um, and also, okay, thanks Felipe for being here and how people can reach you actually. Uh, they can go to my LinkedIn. So I think you can share in the- Yeah, I will share the all the links. And yeah, I always reply, just add me and- <laughs> Okay, yeah. Thanks everyone for being with us today. It was really nice talk and I really enjoyed. Thanks Felipe for being here and it was really pleasure to talking with you. And I think we will see each other again in this talk, hopefully later on. But thanks a lot for joining. Hope so. Thanks again and very, very congratulations for this, this work. It's pretty amazing. Thanks a lot. Thank thanks. Thank you everyone. Okay, bye-bye. See you next week. Bye.